All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. And our special guest is Angie Roulet. It's been over 12 years since Angie decided to give cannabis a shot as a method to treat her Charcot-Marie Tooth diagnosis. Not only did she find that it greatly improved her quality of life, but she also found herself wildly curious about how it worked and who else may benefit from the cannabis plant. Angie has worked for a certification doctor and then has ran a number of gauntless retail positions from reception to team lead and now as a tutor within the De Detroit metropolitan area of Michigan. And she has spoken with city councils, law enforcement, assisted living facilities, and veterans in an effort to educate them on how cannabis works in the real world. She is a huge advocate for the importance of proper science-based can cannabinoid education, dosages, prescription interactions, whole plant products, and terpene profiles. She is also a firm believer that tailored cannabinoid and terpene medicine is the future of the industry. Over the years, Angie has crossed paths with thousands of people looking to cannabis for help with physical, mental, and or emotional conditions. She has seen cannabis do wonders for so many people of these and for so many of these people, and she has seen it do absolutely nothing for others. Angie knows that cannabis is not for everyone. Cannabis is not a cure-all, a magic bullet, or the last medicine you'll ever have to take. But what it may have is the potential to help and that do that naturally. Angie is the author of a new book that I released in November 2023. And it promises to be an easy to read guide on the buying, selling, and the consumption of cannabis written for the regular Joe by a regular Jane. Although I don't think there's anything regular about Angie here. So from the Detroit area, how you doing, Angie? I am well, Miguel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So Pot for the people and your diagnosis is that that's where it started, right? It started. That was when, did you, did you try marijuana at all before the diagnosis? I mean, or not, what do you, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, being a product of an all girl Catholic school in high school, um, <laughs> we definitely got our hands on it in the parking lots and around bonfires and things of that nature. Um, and I only saw it purely as something recreational. Um, it, to me, it never even dawned on me that it could possibly be used for anything else. I lumped it in with all of the other um, bad habits um, that teenagers like to get into. Um, and then, you know, my diagnosis happened when I was much younger. Um, I was probably a sophomore in high school. And okay. again, it's the most common hereditary uh, neurodegenerative disease out there. So it ran, it runs rampant through my family. So this isn't anything new. It was just kind of, you know, you wanted the test results just to kind of prove it. Um, so of course, doctors continued to, you know, throw pills and beta blockers and, you know, nerve blockers and all of these things at me at a very young age. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until my kidneys um, started to shut down. So mm. I went to the neurologist. I mean, I was passing kidney stones every couple of days. Ugh. Yeah, it was awful. Absolutely awful. Mm. And being a single mom, um, you know, nobody's got time for that. <laughs> so I went to my neurologist and said, you know, can you help me? You know, and she just kind of shrugged her shoulders and said, well, with all the pills you've been taking for as long as you've been taking them, um, it's expected to have kidney issues. And, you know, I can write you a script for another pill to combat, you know, the, the kidney stones. And it kind of a light bulb kind of went off. And I 
found my voice that I had forgotten I had. And I said, you know what, let, let me take a look and let me see if there's something better we can do besides adding another pill to the pile of pills I was already taking. Um, at the time, Michigan had just picked up their uh, caregiver market. Uh, so 2008. Um, and again, you know, I, I just kind of called, you know, BS on, you know, this plant having any medicinal value. Um, but as I sat there waiting to get my, my card from the state of Michigan, I sat and I struck up a conversation with the gentleman next to me who turned out to be a caregiver. It also turned out that we actually knew a lot of the same people from high school. Hmm. So you can call it divine intervention. You could just call it being at the right place at the right time. Um, but he was in it for the medicine and he walked me through it and he grew my plants for my disability. And as the days and the years went on, I weaned myself off of my pharmaceuticals and replaced it with cannabis. Um, huge disclaimer, don't do this. Okay. I absolutely took the wrong route. You don't quit anything cold turkey. You absolutely have to have your doctors involved. I was not a nice person. It was really hard on me. It was really hard on the family for me to make this transition. Um, but once it was made, I felt like I had this superpower. Like I actually had control over my own health care. And so I began to spread the word about cannabis and how it's not just for, you know, token down in parking lots. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. Angie, you said something that caught my attention when you said you're in the doctor's office. You said, uh, I found my voice. Now, when I hear that, and even though we just met like outside of email about between five and 10 minutes ago, I I have the inclination that when you said that, it it goes to a pretty deep level and expresses itself at the surface. What did you mean by when you said I found I found I or, did you say I finally found my voice right I found my voice that's what I that's what stuck out and then you said okay hold on yeah I, and I did uh, we were so conditioned and I was even raised this way I mean the, the doctor's opinion was the end all be all it wasn't to be questioned um, it it was just that was it this is what you get and you know again you know i got to a certain age and you know as a single mom and all of these things you have to learn to speak up for yourself but it didn't right. dawn on me until i was sitting there at that time you know in a paper dress freezing my ass off waiting for the doctor to come in that i realized that this is my life and absolutely you know the doctors are educated and, but i want to be able to pick their brain and i need to know that they're working with me and not just, you know, shuffling me through like all the other patients that they see every day. That's cool. I understand that completely. I understand that completely. I have uh, family members that have uh, health conditions also. And it, it's, it's, it feels like a hamster wheel. It For feels sure. like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just on this hamster wheel and keeping up with all the administrative financial tales that come with it you know what i mean and that's the part that can be very discouraging for people that some people never find their voice some people never find their voice when it comes to that because i know uh, i you know I, I, my mother's retired nurse and and uh she understands what you're talking about like clearly it's 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 different when and i'm not sure now because i don't go to the doctor as often as i as i did earlier but the uh the personal touch from pediatrics all the way through adulthood right usually if you're living in one place 
you have pediatrics and and they get to know the child and everything but it changes and you that's when i think adults you find yourself almost in that hamster wheel where it's kind of like how do you get out of this this is the system that everybody's accepted and and striving to get benefits for what do you do when you get into those benefits and it's not working the way you thought it would because they're just shoveling more pills at you and research is research uh, let's I, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going because <laughs> because i understand the research part of it um my family yeah. i have some relatives that have rare diseases and and i understand that aspect of it too you get really you get really good attention until they're done with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're lucky if they even look at you, you know, up, you know, from, you know, your chart or things of that nature. And my struggle is, is now that I've found my voice, I have to learn to use it in the right way. You know, I can't just be spouting off and angry and, you know, all of these things I have, I had to learn how to do it diplomatically with my doctors. Um, so I actually will print out the latest research on nerve diseases um, and I'll, I'll bring it in and I leave it in their office. Even if they don't want to hear me talk about it, I leave it with them. I've left it in their waiting room, knowing darn well that the doctor doesn't agree with my cannabis use, but that does not mean somebody waiting in that lobby doesn't want to read the research, you know? Yeah. Um, so again, <laughs> it, it's still sometimes a daily struggle to, uh, you know, calm my personality and, you know, speak with my mind and not my heart, so to speak. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, that is, uh, even then, you know, it's understandable that some people would be frustrated and, and, you know, a little bit heightened, you know, a little bit heightened when it's their health, it's their life, it's their life. Sure. So, so, and I bring that up because when you start to get into doctor's offices and you start to feel like, okay, they're just pushing people through. I feel like I just got pushed through, you know, and, and nothing really changed. It, it can be, it can make people angry. <laughs> it can make it people, it's right. That's what pisses people off because they're yeah. like, I strived to get to this position of a career or a job where I have benefits and I'm in this system and it's not working the way it should work. Now, you chose to do something different. So you found your voice and I understand that. It was kind of like, hey, I can't go go around lighting up all the doctors every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run out of doctors. So what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? What did you end up doing? Uh, well, uh, again, you know, once I had weaned myself, you know, off of my pills, you have the oh. six months. Go ahead. Right. Sorry. Sorry. So you, you said all that because you make it sound easy, but that you, you, you put a lot in there, but that's a pretty big deal. So yeah. Well, how it did was. that all go? Yeah. How did that go? Yeah. And again, not having any real solid education on how cannabis works. Um, and because of the amount of pills I was taking, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when there was a mountain of pills that I was taking with every meal and half of them were just to combat the side effects of the first half. Um, so, you know, slowly, you know, coming off of those. And I mean, these drugs are wicked as anybody knows who had been, you know, on drugs for chronic, whatever it may be. A lot of these, I mean, they're brutal. Um, they're really, really hard, you know, to kick. So for example, I was up to six to eight Norcos a day. Okay. And this was just a function. And in hindsight, I wasn't functioning. 
you know, I was just this, you know, this zombie with, you know, no lust for life. And I just, again, we thought that this is it. This is as good as it gets. This is what we are allowed to do. So my caregiver had got his hand, made some RSO for me. And he says, you got to try this, Ange, but seriously, low and slow wins the race. Well, oh, okay. You know, you're not going to tell me anything I don't already know. <laughs> Squeeze so. that oil all out. Squeeze, empty, empty that syringe. Empty oh, it. good Lord. <laughs> so I took the, you know, the grain of rice, you know, size piece. And to this day, I don't think I've ever been as stoned as I was then. Um, so it took some getting used to it. It really did. You know, and I know, I know now when I, I speak to people about this, I'm like, I'm going to make you say it. Repeat it back to me. <laughs> you know, low and slow. You know, this stuff is absolutely no joke. Um, but I had started supplementing. So instead of taking, you know, say the Norco at lunch, I would supplement it with the RSO. Um, and then at night I would take, you know, the Norco. So I, I started weaning myself off that way. Um, and I would have to say that the beta blocker was probably the toughest one to kick. That one took me over a year. No, what it was, was it? Was, was it physical withdrawals or was it all the, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, all of it. I mean, I was terrified. First of all, I'm taking my health into my own hands. What the hell am I thinking? You're not mm -hmm. medically trained in any way. You know, how dare you have the audacity to try and help yourself? So I was freaking out thinking, you know, I'm hurting myself by doing this. You know, physically, absolutely the withdrawals. I chalk it up to uh, quitting smoking. Um, you know, it's that cranky, you know, get off my lawn, <laughs> you know, kind of mentality. No, nobody, nobody want you don't want anybody to be around you unless they can be around no. you ju just right. They got to be around absolutely. you just right. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. When I say walk away, I mean, walk away. It's for your best interest. Um, you know, so, you know, and again, and you're right, I do make light of it. And I mean, that was, you know, well over 12 years ago. And that's cool. Um, that you can make light of it now. That's, that's a good thing. I, I just brought it up because when you said it, it's, it's, you know, sometimes when we talk about ourselves, we, 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 we say, we encapsulate it in a couple sentences, but there's like years jammed into each sentence. Right. And that's what I was getting at. It's like, that could not have been easy what you did because yeah, you, you were terrified. I get it. I mean, I'd be, I'd be nervous too. Now caregiving, what year was this in Michigan? Uh, so this would be like 2010. So the okay. caregiver market had been around for a couple of years. Um, so I did get my card. Um, uh, my caregiver worked with me. And even as I came off of the pills, you know, obviously at that point I didn't need RSO. Um, and I have never been one that handles uh, edibles very well. Um, my mm. liver just doesn't like to process it. Um, you know, cause it, it converts, you know, yeah. to 11 hydroxy and it, it's a completely different feeling. Um, so I can smoke with the best of them, but like five milligrams and I'm a wreck. Um, hmm. so, you know, for every reason, which, you know, changes the way that I take my medicine. Yeah. Um, big fan of tinctures. Um, I find that less is more, the bioavailability is a lot greater. Um, and I'm saving my lungs a little bit of combustion. Um, so he absolutely helped me to get through this and, uh, you know, the trial and error, you know, which can be scary because you think, okay, I'm going to take this 15 milligram gummy, you know, so-and-so just took it. He's fine. <laughs> you know, it's all of a sudden I'm a mess, you know, I just, <laughs> I need to go lay down. So he was absolutely just detrimental in, you know, me figuring out what I need to help myself. And ultimately this is what it's about. 
It's about knowing yourself, knowing your condition and making it work with traditional medicine. I will never say that traditional medicine is that it's not worth it or it's not worthy or it doesn't have its place. I believe cannabis works best in conjunction with honest conversation with your doctors and traditional, you know, whether it be pharmaceuticals or therapies or things of that nature. That's cool, Angie. I agree. I agree. I'm not, it's not all one camp or all the other camp. It's both camps. And it's better when they, it's better when they don't fight. It's better when they don't fight. <laughs> can we better just when get they along? They can work you. together. Yeah. We, we get greedy. People get greedy. We all get greedy, I guess. But yeah. So that is, uh, that's a really cool story. So between then and now, we'll take us through some of that to how you got to where you are. You say, I mean, you, are you, 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 I mean, you're speaking at city councils, you're speaking with law enforcement officers. Those are, I, I did a career in the military and, and the U S coast guard. And, and when you're speaking before, those types of audiences, those are, that's planned. You know what I mean? It's usually a planned event, right? These are planned events. It is. Yeah. It so is. These, um, these are. Yeah. And it's a delicate balance. It really is. And, and obviously there's a huge difference between, you know, speaking with law enforcement um, where their city is just opened up, you know, to accepting this into the community as opposed to, you know, let's say the Vietnam veterans, Yeah. Um, you know, who have been dabbling in it. You know, their first question is always, where can I get tie stick? <laughs> it is always their first question for me. Well, that, well, that from Cheech, Cheech and Chong, uh, <laughs> open smoke, right? That for sure, for sure. So it, it's bridging that gap, you know. And you know, again, with these strong, crazy strong warnings, you know, about edibles, um, because I found again, you know, with veterans, you know, you can't tell them nothing. So you have to, you know, approach it with, yeah, I get it, but hear me and heed me when I tell you. You know, you know the. The funny thing, Angie, is that you did the same thing too. I can't help it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm, you did. I, I, you know, I, I did too. I, I, I took that chocolate, took the oil on it, and okay. I went be. I went beyond that. Been beyond that rice, you know. And and yeah, you're just like, oh, I think I just sit here for a while and think. I think I'll just sit here for a while and think about <laughs> about what's going on. <laughs> but it is kind of funny that that. Uh, that I heard you say that I don't really slow and slow, real and slow. Seriously. Yeah. And, you know, very much, you know, you know, do as I say, not as I do sometimes, um, you know, and, and, you know, veterans, they don't like to be scolded, you know, and I honestly, I, I'm not trying to scold. I'm just trying to impress upon how important it is that if you are going to take this as medication, you have to treat it as such. You know, you wouldn't, you know, be prescribed a brand new bottle of pills and go, oh, you know, well, it says take, you know, one at bedtime. Well, what the hell? You know, here goes six. You wouldn't do that with a written prescription. But yet people feel that they can do it with cannabis. Um, and I believe that's wrong. And I do my best to try and correct that. Or when they come in and say, that, you know, they were, got all grassed up and, you know, good Lord, don't give me that again. I, I kind of shake the, the Polish finger at them. I'm like, what did I tell you? do you think I speak just to hear the sound of my own voice? <laughs> and it, you know, I've gained so many relationships with people over just having those candid, you know, we're all human conversations. It's cool. It's very cool. All right. Now I know when I said, so what happened between now and then that's a big, that's a big piece of time, 13 years, right. Between 2010 and 2013. So I'll, I'll, I'll pare it down. I'll pare it down like this. Thank you. What gave you the idea for the book? 
and what is the book about? Okay, so uh, because I had been in the retail space for so long, yeah. and as you know, this industry is, I mean, I, I would have to say prohibition is probably the last industry that we have created um, and the lack of prohibition to where we needed everything. You know, we needed ditch diggers and, you know, maintenance and scientists. I mean, the entire scope of absolutely everything that an industry needs, the cannabis industry needed it. And working in retail, I mean, you saw what was happening. And I, I hate to use the term, but I use it all the time. We are the boots on the ground. We are the front line. We see that cancer patient belly up, terrified that she's in, you know, what she thinks is a drug den, but she's besides herself. She's lost. She's overwhelmed. She's, it's a last ditch effort. And I would have to say majority of the patients that I see for medical conditions, um, they are, it is their last ditch effort. They've tried every pill out there. They've tried every therapy. So they're standing in front of you, you know, pretty much asking and begging for help. Um, so I really, with the staff that I have trained over the years, I really try to impose upon them, you know, understand why this person is standing in front of you um, and, and try and get through to that person and, and actually understand what they are saying. Um, as you know, most bud tenders, uh, if you want to call them that, or consultants or, you know, whatever the vernacular accepted today is, um, <laughs> there's a huge disconnect between the 23-year-old behind the counter and that 75-year-old veteran. You know, the veteran's like, I'm not listening to this kid. This kid doesn't know anything. To where, you know, the bud tender behind the counter is, you know, frustrated because she she wants to help this guy, but she can't really kind of grasp how to get it through to him. Um, so I, I really work really hard to put it in layman's terms so they can see where the, where they're coming from. And I really do touch on that in my book underneath the policy part um, with, you know, major conditions, you know, chronic pain, depression, uh, PTSD, anxiety, um, how to, and I hate to use the word deal and I won't use the word handle, but how to interact with these people so you can help them in the best way possible. And I felt the need to get all of this experience and all of my stories into a book for the regular Joe, exactly the way I speak. Um, some people love the way I speak. Some people can't stand it. Um, we're going to find out. You got a great voice. You got a great voice. Now you found <laughs> your voice. You got a great voice, Angie. It's good. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so that, that was really important to me. More and more people would reach out and independently, you know, hey, I've got a, a wife that's suffering from this. Or um, I was considering it for that. Um, and it was just all of these different things, but they were all the same things in the same time. So I decided to put this together and I do touch on prohibition, but it's basically plant people and policy. So it's the plant and the science behind it. Um, it's the people, um, you know, they're not drug addicts, you know, their grandma looking for something, you know, for their hands so they can continue to bake cookies for their grandkids. Um, and the policy is, you know, how to deal with, see, there I go again, using the word deal, how to interact um, with the right. Alzheimer's patient. Well, it's, I really try consciously to, you know, correct that because it is the wrong word for it. Um, but to understand that that Alzheimer's patient standing there, you know, may just walk away from the conversation to where the bud tender might find this as rude or exasperating to where I try to impress upon them, come out from behind the counter, walk around with the guy. 
you know, figure out what's going on, adapt to their condition, adapt to the patient, and everybody's going to get a better education when you go that route. That's cool. That's very cool. So November 2023, November this year. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. A little yeah. nervous, pretty stoked. Where uh, <laughs> do you do you have a website where people can go or where where you want to point people to when to find the book? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just yeah. popforthepeople.co. Um, and it is um split between, you know, the prep for my book coming out and um also my bud tenders training, um, which um I have put together over the years. Um it's pretty intensive, it's a lot of information, but in my opinion, I believe it's everything that um, bud tenders should know before they belly up behind that counter and try to help people with cannabis. So yeah, I, I, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, so um, I did work really hard on the research and it's updated weekly. So um, I'm a LinkedIn junkie. Okay. Um, it is probably the only social media that I actually enjoy <laughs> because where else can you have PhD doctors from Israel that have been studying this plant since the 70s and the guy who sells, you know, pink rolling papers, all in one platform. <laughs> it's all in one. All that in is one that is unique, and and the theme in the, the vein of that is professional. Like as a professional, yeah. it's it's not Facebook, it's not Instagram, nope. and you're right. Is an interesting platform like that. That's how yeah, I found I, you. That's how I found you, Angie. <laughs> and that's and that is the beauty of LinkedIn. And that is where I get all of this research. So you can go to you know hotforthepeople.co and go under research. And I have broken it down by medical condition. So you can look, you know, you can see migraine. You can click on that. And this is all the information that I have gathered on migraines and cannabis. So I try and make it really easy for people to look for their own um uh, their own afflictions or their own conditions. Um, just read, just educate yourself. Um, most of us have been lucky enough to have been taught how to read at a young age. You know, we, we should really use it. So yeah, I update that, you know, constantly and I'm always sending people there. Um, I give bud tenders my card. I'm absolutely shameless. I'm like, if somebody comes up and they want to talk about, you know, they've got problems with eye pressure, go to eyes, look it up, walk yeah. through it, learn something together. That's cool. That's very cool. That's very cool. Now, aside from the book and and the uh, the training, is there anything else you want to share with listeners about what you got going on in the future? Well, um, you know, I'm just uh, I'm trying to make this as clear and as simple as possible. Um, I am open to you know all opinions on cannabis. Um, you could love it. You could absolutely hate it. You could have more questions than a four year old at bedtime. Okay. And all of these things are okay. <laughs> you know, it's keeping the conversation going. There's nothing worse than an uneducated opinion to me. Um, and in this day and age of information, um, ignorance is not a defense. Um, so I, I really, you know, again, to, you know, get, try to wash away some of the stigma um, that has surrounded this plant and, you know, what people might think that they know about it and the people who use it. Right on. Right on, Angie. Ah, all right. <clears throat> ah, so you know, there's something. There's there's some guests where it's just like, and I, I'm I'm not sure if it's because we're both from Michigan or what, but it's like we cover a lot of we cover a lot of uh, cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I it's it's like time to transition to the second half of the podcast. You ready? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Were you uh, were you raised with a real? I mean, actually, you already told me. I already know, but I'm going to ask you anyway for the other listeners. Were you raised with a, a religion, a, a worldview, a philosophy, or the absence of religious faith? 
absolutely religion. Um, being a Polish Catholic, um, my father did not get off the boat until 58. Okay. Um, so we are, you know, hardcore Hamtramck. Okay, yeah. I'm, <laughs> fam- I'm, familiar, I'm familiar with Hamtramck, Michigan, yeah. Yep, it is a uh, solid Polish community. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, God has always been in our life. Um, and with the debilitating disease that has run rampant through the one side of the family, um, we have really learned to call upon him for strength. Um, and He, he God is our backbone. Um, religion is our guide. Um, my God may be different from my brother's, who, which may be different from my father's. But it's all God. And I believe God is personal. Um, Again, you know, my God is not your God and vice versa. But, you know, it's a very personal thing to have the relationship that you yourself have with God. You know, I don't hear that that often the way you said it, like at the front, like some people say they'll, they'll say a lot of things, but then they'll get to say, yeah, it's personal. But you put it on the front end, and and I think of it at the front end too, because for too long I think it was not personal. And when you have this very, you know, very you're you're very when you say it, I'm like, yeah, she's confident in that, and that's that's uh that's something that she believes, and I can tell. What age do you think you recognize that it was that personal? Where it's like, you know, this is a this is a personal relationship. Um, I suppose it probably around the time where I was actually responsible for my own decisions. Um, because, you know, you really, you know, as you're growing up, you know, you have parents and family and everybody's pushing you and pulling you and telling you what to think and how to act and what to believe. And for me, it wasn't really until, you know, oh, okay, well, there's the consequences of my own actions. Let's rework that. And, you know, life is hard. Um, but when you've got a strong God behind you that you can always, you know, not only ask why, but, you know, you're not necessarily questioning him. You're just kind of asking for strength. I, I question him all the time. Don't worry about it. I mean, you're not, I mean, <laughs> there's 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 not a there's not a blasphemy in that no i understand that but that might be the catholic that might be the catholic <laughs> i did 12 years of catholic school i wow. mean to where like kneeling on the floor so your skirt touched the floor kind of catholic um so it's uh <laughs> it's definitely you know a little bit different and my husband and i we have this conversation all the time because he is christian i am catholic And until we met, I really didn't see the difference, except for maybe it might have been like Old Testament versus New Testament, Um, you know, in just what our beliefs are and, you know, things of that nature. But again, at the end of the day, it's God. What what denomination? Just curious. Is your husband? Oh, Catholic. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. So I said, well, okay, hold on. You're both Catholic. Yeah. Born again Christian. Yes. Okay. Born again Christian. So- You guys make it work out. Now, let me ask you this: and We have so, very lively debates. We do. So, that, so, so what? So, this, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm kind of confused on the difference between you're both Catholic but born again Christian. How does that factor in? Um. Well, again, I think a lot of it's got to do with my, you know, fire and brimstone upbringing, um, and I, I his balance of, you know, Jesus's love. Um, and his support and his guidance helps me through the, mm, I wouldn't do that because God's coming, you, you know, <laughs> you 
know, that kind of thing, you know, scooching over so you don't get struck by a bolt of lightning, um, you know, kind of thing. Uh, my religion seems to be a little bit more um, harder edged to where his is um, more passionate, more understanding um, and, and things of that nature. And I'm probably not putting it right there. You know, no, I, 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 way, I, I, I understand what you're saying. What exactly okay. you mean? What exactly you mean? I don't know. Like where, where those areas are, I don't know. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. And, uh, and what do you think about that? Do you think that came from Catholicism, or do you think that just came from like, hey, you know, that's just the way my personal relationship is? You know what I mean? That's a good question. Um. You know, we, I was beyond grateful um, when I had found my husband um, because I was looking for somebody who had religion in their life. Yeah. Um, but to me, and as I'm sure you know, there's so many different variations of religion that some of them do have to match. You know, you absolutely, you know, you've got to be able to understand each other. It's one thing to say, it was like, you, you say that, the, the, okay, uh, I want somebody who, somebody would say religion in their life, you're looking for some, or somebody would say, uh, somebody who acknowledges spirituality or something like that. And then that's like the overarching requirement when you were looking for somebody, right? Like one of the overarching requirements, right? And then you filter down into what that looks like and what that means on a daily basis, right? Yeah. And how we complement each other's lives and how, you know, his strengths, you know, help with my weaknesses um, and things like that. And, and it's because we have, you know, God in our life. It, it honestly is. That's cool. That's very cool. So um, I probably I probably have a, an idea of how you're going to answer this, but I may not. <laughs> what do you think about uh, the universe and all life in it? Is it the result of... Actually, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm going to ask you to you like this. What do you think? Where are you at in this? Because you're a Christian. Evolution or creationism or somewhere in between? Where are you at with that? Does it matter to you? I mean, because some people are just like, they really, some people take like a hard stand on on evolution or creationism or, or and you know, and refuse to hear anything else. And, or else they'll take a hard stand on how old they think the earth is. I'm not going to ask you that question. That one doesn't matter to me. But I am, I am curious. <laughs> About the first one, though. Uh, I, absolutely. This is all God's work. Um, I have absolutely no doubt. Um, so, and for... Go ahead. So was that his work through creationism or th his work through evolution? Because some there, uh, there's, uh, there's a number of people who think... Uh, there's a lot, I know there's a lot of Christians who think, oh, you know what? Evolution's real. Yeah, that's the way it happened. And other people who say, oh, I believe the creation account. No, absolutely. I believe this is God's creation. Um, and for those that like to argue, you know, the Big Bang Theory, um, well, God gave you the Big Bang Theory, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, when you've got science, you know, versus religion, um, the reason that we have the science is because God has given us, um, you know, the brains to do this. One of my favorite examples is, is my brother's a high tech AI you know, kind of guy, you know, ran the uh, virtual lab at the University of Michigan. And my old school Polish grandmother, she was kind of chastising. She goes, you know, you're you're playing God. You know, you can't do these things. And he very simply said, Grandma, if God didn't give me this brain to think this way, he wouldn't have. 
which was very fair and honest answer. And the old Polish lady didn't have a damn thing to say in return. Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it, it is interesting. It's interesting how, how, um, how the 21st century has that has that injection of artificial intelligence like no like the 20th century are i'm a gen xer so we you know the nintendo and texas Inter instruments you know those were the first Same. the arcades <laughs> you know the arcades in downtown east lansing you know it's where i grew up i know you're in oh, detroit sure. and uh and and now all that stuff is in your hand and and it's easily accessible yeah. and it is a it is a funny it is a, it is a it is a funny and amazing time to be alive it's funny and amazing time to be alive. All right, and Angie, it, and, and it can be a little scary. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what are you thinking of when you when you think about that? Well, and again, there is that fine line between playing God and you know you want all your kids to be blonde hair and polite or you know whatever the example ah okay okay um, so is that and that. <laughs> okay, so I thought you said your brother was in charge. He did. He worked with virtual reality. Was it virtual reality at university? He does. Yeah. Okay. So he yeah, was he did work, but he no 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 he wasn't splicing and dicing genetics or anything. That's what, like that <laughs> that's what I thought you were yeah, that's yeah. What, I was like, oh <laughs> no. that that that, that no, is uh, but when I think of future technologies, I just I kind of wrap that up in there, you know, as well. And you know, coming, you know, being somebody with this disease that is a genetic disease. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been put the question, you know, will you have children? Will you not? just to pass it on would you actually take it upon yourself to splice and dice you know and yeah that, that, that's a tough question you know really is. you know what i and you know what that 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 skipped my mind when you said that that when but you're right you are thinking about all that stuff because it is a genetic and hereditary thing you have and those questions come into play and uh yeah that's uh that's a interesting thing because i think when a lot of people think about 21st century and artificial intelligence. A lot of people think about transhumanism and, and the benefits and the drawbacks and all that stuff. I don't want to go down that route, but it's a definitely, it's definitely a wild time to be alive. And uh stuff's on the horizon. It's pretty crazy. But marijuana is about to be legal in the federal government. I mean, what we got one more election year? Some some president's gonna finally pull that plug and go, okay, you know, it's happening. So yeah. Yeah, yeah you're not slowing this great train. <laughs> This is one I'm really, this is one before we hit record, we talked about a little bit, and I'm really curious to hear your answer. Be yeah, I am really curious to hear your answer because of the way you answered the other ones and the way you uh, talked about the personal relationship. That that was, uh, I'm very curious to hear your answer to this question, Angie. Do you believe in a life after this life? And if you do, do you believe there's some form of payment due upon death? So when I first read this question that you put to me, Miguel, um, my brain instantly went to Mel Brooks and the Spanish Inquisition. And I, for the indulgences. And okay. that was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, is he asking that we can actually buy away our sins? You know, like monetary, you know, and obviously, you know, and I had to call my father. I'm like, because I kept using the word penance in my head and I knew that wasn't the right word for it. So I, my dad, I'm like, what is it called? I'm like, where you actually pay to get rid of, you know, your sins so you can get into heaven. And of course, my father being the historian that he is, you know, we got into, you know, indulgences in the 1500s. And I said, okay, so my Spanish Inquisition wasn't too far off as far as the timeline goes. 
Um, but yeah, they, they knocked that off about, I don't know, the year 1500, <laughs> you know, somewhere around there. Um, with my belief and my faith, um, Jesus died for our sins. And it is my belief that we are here to help others, to love others, to make this world a better place for those that come after us. And when our time comes, we will meet with God and he will deem whether we are worthy or whether we are not worthy to share in the kingdom of heaven. Um, this is my motivator daily um, to try and do some good. Um, I, it always doesn't come out right, <laughs> as you can sure. see with this podcast. Angie, you're doing great. <laughs> Don't go so hard on yourself. You're doing great. I got quite I got I got I got a I got a I thought of a question as you were saying that. So don't don't take the if you oh, saw please. my face you saw my face change on the camera. Don't worry. It's it's nothing bad. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> you are all good. Um uh, so yeah, I mean I believe at the end of my life, um I, I will have that honest, you know, hard conversation with God. And uh he knows what's in my heart. Uh, he knows, you know, whether I'm doing something with the best of intentions, even though it might not come out the right way, or if I'm actually, you know, doing something out of frustration and anger. Um, and that is my weakness. And it is usually brought to my attention by my own conscience. And, you know, at, at night, you know, you can't sleep and you're rolling around. And, um, you know, I was always taught when you can't sleep, that's the time that you're supposed to be talking with God. Um, it's quiet. And the reason you're not sleeping is because there is something that you need to work out, you know, with, you know, God or Jesus or, you know, contradictions that you may have had during the day or the way that, you know, you approach certain things during the day and you're like, oh, damn, I could have done that so much better. Or, oh, you know, I really didn't mean to, you know, snap at that lady at the grocery store and, you know, Lord, forgive me. And next time I'll, I'll try and do better. And, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I'm that's where I'm, I'm at with that. Yeah. Hey, Angie, I'm following you. I'm following you all that because this is, and it's a, you said it's a personal relationship, and and that's I agree. It's, it's a personal relationship. Now, there's something you said, and when you have a personal relationship, it's personal, and it is one to one. There's nobody else in between, and and that's what's that's what's unique about it, and that's what's that's what's uh, very different than many other worldviews and religions. So you said. Um, Something that made me think or made me wonder if when you leave this life and you go to the next and and you're and you said you'll everybody will stand before God, do you think that it's possible that you won't go into heaven at that point, having believed in Jesus or no? Well, um, I mean, of course, there's always the possibility. Um, it, it, it's really hard to gauge um, what comes at you in life and how you're going to deal with it until it's standing in front of you. Um, I have been beyond blessed to never have lost um, anybody to death um, unexpectedly. Um, the people that I have known in my life that have passed away have been elderly or have lived full lives. Um, so I can't really say how I would react um, and how my relationship with God would be if you know something traumatic you know would happen um I, I, it's really hard for me to say um i'd like to think um in this next chapter of my life that um i've learned <laughs> that you know to use god more uh in my daily life and in my work and with my family to try and do better to whereas you know when i was younger it just it wasn't even a thought and it was more of a i'll deal with that when i get to it um to where now i'm just I'm really trying to just 
be the better person and, and be who I can be to help others. I got to ask you this, Angie, purgatory. Yeah. What, what do you think about purgatory? Because <laughs> that's kind of, it kind of sounds like purgatory right now. That's where it sounds like you like, <laughs> I'm counting on going to purgatory, Miguel. I'll be in purgatory <laughs> until until I get Well, see, out. and there was a huge chunk of my life where I believed that. But the last I heard, the Catholic Church took away purgatory. Now that's strange. I was like, well, damn, that's what I was shooting for. Son now, of a gun. Now, see, you that's, know? that's, that is, that's what's. That's one, that's purgatory is a concept that I've had, a, uh, I just don't understand about Catholicism. And then when you teach people that it's there on the other side of life, and then you turn around and say, oh, no, you're just kidding. It really yeah. makes, it really makes me go, it makes a lot of people go, what are you guys really doing? What are you guys really it's doing seriously. with people? So yeah, exactly. Cause that's, it, is it fitting your own narrative or is this how it's supposed to be? Right. And, and the reason why I say that is because on the front end, you said it's a personal relationship and you have it with them. And this is why, yeah. this is, this is why I'm saying this, you know, the scriptures, um, scriptures, scriptures, great. And uh, the cool thing about it is he says that, once you believe, even if you get mad and say, I don't want to believe anymore, you're not powerful enough to stop his love for you. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And he loves us all individually. Right. I believe and not as a collective. Right. But it's, as it's, a one-on-one. Yeah. He knows you. He knows what you're thinking. <laughs> personal relationship. And and this is this is this is why um this is why I'm bringing it up because I when you said personal relationship and then, yeah, you know what? I may not get into heaven. I'm, I'm as aiming for purgatory. It sounds contradictory to me because it's like if you have that personal relationship, it's there. He's You're not going to fall out of favor with him because there's nothing we can do to fall in or out of favor with him. Because we can't perform well enough to do either or. Right. And that's what that's something that, that caught my ear when you said that, Angie. And that's where it's kind of like I see I hear and I know too many people who um who um believe that God loves them but are not confident that he loves them all the way even when they mess up and and that part is hard because it's always when we have struggles and challenges and the funny, it's always when we have struggles and challenges. And I heard you say, yeah, I haven't had anything traumatic happen to me in my life. <laughs> we, we're, we're talking because you've got this stuff going on, this this uh, Charcot-Marie tooth, right? Yeah. You've had, well, you, we you, all you, have our cross to bear. Oh, oh. Everybody's got something. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Cross to bear. How do you view that? Okay. Well, everybody's got something, um, whether it's physical, emotional, a mental we all have something I believe that we struggle with and that brings us closer to God or can push us away farther from God. Um, you know, I have seen it happen with, you know, stage four cancer patients. They wake up one day and they have stage four, even though they've eaten well, they've gone to church every day, they exercise and it's, you know, this, why me and how is it happening to me? Um, we were taught because I was raised with people in my family with a disability that, okay, this is where you're, this is where you get your strength from. Um, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's hard. It, it's it's a daily struggle. But this is where to hone in and work that relationship that you have with God. Have Him help you through. You know, 
the emotional and, you know, the physical and, you know, all of these things. So I believe everybody absolutely has their cross to bear and, you know, what they do with it and how they present it to the world. You know, they can make it a blessing. They can make it a curse. Um, it, it's completely up to them. So let me ask you, do you think the, the, the cross that we bear is, is something that God puts on people to teach them a lesson? I don't know if it's a lesson. It might, I almost sometimes look at it like it's directional. You know, like I was given this disability to help other people understand the same disability. Um, and just different ways to work around it. Like I had mentioned before, you know, there, there's some really great people um, in the cannabis industry that actually have CMT. Uh, a young man reached out recently who was just diagnosed and freaking out. Um, you know, and so you try and be there, you know, not only, you know, to, you know, talk about cannabis and recommendations and, you know, what helps and what doesn't help, but just kind of how you have to wrap your brain around it if you're going to survive. I mean, it can crush you if you've let it, or you can use it as, all right, that sucks, but I'm still going to stand on that brick and keep standing on bricks to get where we need to be. Keep trusting, right? You can't remember, keep trusting and believing. Oh, I get what you're you saying. Have to. I mean, Faith is where it's at. Huh? I get what you're saying, Angie. I get what you're saying, and it's 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 uh it's personal. It's very personal, and this is what's cool about doing this podcast is that people are willing to talk about this stuff because they've had these experiences, they've been through, they've they've had the experience, the 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 education, they've done all this stuff, and and here you are. You want to help people. You're still helping people. You could have stopped a long time ago. You you could have made the choice to to say, you know what. I don't know why I have this disease. I'm angry and I'm bitter about it. And then go down that path, right? And and that's what's cool about talking with you today is that you didn't. And and uh and you're here. You're writing books. You're doing even more. You're doing even more to help people. And and it's in the 21st century and and uh it's a fine time to be alive. So, it really is. Purgatory. So now that purgatory doesn't exist, what do you think? Because you kind of didn't finish that answer. <laughs> ah. What do you What do you think, there, Angie? You, so, you, you were aiming for purgatory. You were aiming aiming for purgatory. The Pope took purgatory away from you. Where are you gonna? What do you think? What do you think happens now? And I know, and I know, I'm saying it light. Wow. I'm saying it light, but I, no, you, no, no. you know what I mean. It, it is. It is a. Oh, a, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. No, and it really is. And you know, when I first read that, I was like, oh. I'm like now what's a girl to do you know but i believe you know whether that article was put in front of me you know whether it was just this you know collection of you know pushing a narrative on you know the group as a whole um i believe that when purgatory was quote unquote taken away um it kind of pushed me to level up um of course i was scared you know because you know i didn't think you know the things that i've been through in my life and things i've done and said um you know, it, it's a pretty strict line that, you know, Catholics are supposed to walk. Yeah. Um, but it, it actually pushed me to to level up, to do more, to try harder. It's not just enough, you know, to go to church or it's not just enough to put a couple of bucks in the collection plate, um, you know, to do more with the days that we are given um, and to strive for heaven, you know, not to strive to be mediocre, which is, you know, what I see purgatory is. It's a little heaven. It's a little hell. 
Um, it, it's it's a mix of both, in my opinion. Um, and having taken that away, well, all right, well, now you got to pick a lane. <laughs> you know, which lane are you going to pick? Um, so, again, I, I think it, it pushes me just to be a better person and a better Catholic. That's cool. That's very cool. You know, I growing up in Michigan, I didn't realize how much Catholic how much Catholicism had uh, had influenced the state. Uh, you know, I really didn't didn't realize that. But you grew up in a community where it was very central to the community and, and neighbors and and in the community. And what have this is something this is a question I haven't asked you, Angie. I didn't give you this question in advance, but I'm curious. When you did you ever go out and, and look at other religions and say, hey, you know what? Because think I mean, we watch there's entertainment on television all the time. There's all types of religious, you know, there's 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 religious concepts, spiritual concepts, atheistic concepts, you know, all these things are on in entertainment, right? This is this whole when were you did you ever find a spot in your life? Where you're like, wow, this is what I've come across is challenging my belief in God in some area or another. Not maybe not the whole belief in God, but something because we change as we grow. You know what I mean? It's like we experience things and then and just like you said, it's like, yeah, we change. So did you ever come across those yeah. times in your life? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I went looking into other religions because I was trying to supplement or change a part of my religious upbringing, but I was more curious. Yeah. That, um, I, so like, so like Buddhism, you know, and just their extreme serenity and peace. And then, you know, you hear, you know, you've, you've got Hinduism and, you know, you've got Protestants and you've got all of these and to me, even after, you know, reading everything that I could get my hands on and learn about these different religions, at the end of the day, it's still a God. It's still God. So, you know, you've got the big guy up on top and you've got all of these, like you said, these different religions, these different variations of, you know, this religion and this one's spliced from that one. But still, at the end of the day, it's it's a higher power. It is God above. So I, to me, looking at other religions is just um more on how you want to view your religion i don't think it has much to do with you know the basis the core is the same when it comes to these religions in my opinion okay right on <laughs> right on now that's cool because it's uh it's gonna factor into my next question how did the religious okay. community, how did your community, I mean, I'm guessing people, uh, people obviously in your community and family know you use marijuana. Mm -hmm. And do the, how did that go when, when you get what I'm saying? It's like, how did, how did that go when you're, you know, Catholicism, country, Michigan, it's, you know, interesting mix, yeah, interesting mix. <laughs> There's some reefer madness going around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it only took us, you know, 80 plus years to get this far. So I don't expect people to change, you know, their way of thinking overnight. But I do ask them, you don't get to judge me um, based upon what I do and what I want to do for myself. Um, that that's just nobody's place. Um, it is it is for God to judge. But when I, you know, put it out to the family, and of course it was like a little snip here and a little snip there, just kind of feeling them out. I mean, both of my parents graduated from U of M in Ann Arbor in the 60s. 
Okay. Yep. And they, they were against it. Really? It's like they didn't take the class. Did you miss you, the class? You, you I'm sure has, it was part of the curriculum. <laughs> they had they had the annual hash bash. They, even before they still do. Before the turn of the 20th century, they had the hash bash in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. I think we just had our 52nd this year. Okay. Uh, you know, so I tried getting it in there. Mom was a little bit more open-minded. Um, my father still kind of grunts at it when I bring it up. Um, and again, you know, it, it's hard to kind of get rid of it. And my argument, and I take it to such a, a, a layman's level. And I'm like, well, dad, you'll take ginger to help settle your stomach, won't you? And he's like, well, that's different. I'm like, well, not really. Um, I've always been a very firm believer that what everything that we need to help and cure ourselves has been put on this planet by God. It is here. God has given us these plants and, you know, these environments and all of these things. We just need government to get out of the way so we can do some research and figure out how it helps, how it harms, who it can help and who it can harm. I believe everything that we need to help ourselves is already here on the planet and it was given to us by God. That stigma is strong. <clears throat> that stigma is strong. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, it is, but we'll get there. <laughs> it it's interesting though because uh, I view it as a part of creation, and mm -hmm. I find I find it very backwards, and it's got people believing contradiction when you say that. God, whether whether you believe in evolution or whether you believe in creationism, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It's here, and if you're saying that God put it on this earth, then it's not bad. And I, I agree with everything you just said. He put everything on this earth for us to use. And this is where, and this is, I'm sure you've heard the term the devil's lettuce, right, Angie? You've heard the devil's lettuce or no? Oh, it's one of my favorites. That's one of my, <laughs> I, one of my favorites too, because it's kind of like, does, does the devil make anything? No. He's in the right. scripture. He's in the scripture. It's he lies, he steals and destroys. There's no creation. And, and one thing that it just it kind of blows my mind that that so many denominations, so many leadership, so many people in leadership mm -hmm. have taken the tack with marijuana and cannabis throughout the course of the 20th century and then even now it's still in the 21st century. And that's because there's so much scripture that points to the other, what you just said. Creation is here for us. There's so much that points to that. It, it blows my mind that that so many people that are in congregations don't question and go hey wait wait you're calling that the devil's lettuce it's a plant right and then yeah. the stick then the stigma kicks in right then the stigma kicks in the imagery the things that the presuppositions that pop into people's heads all those things come into play right and one of the stories one of the biblical stories that many people are familiar with is moses and the and pharaoh right moses and the 10 plagues and all yeah. those plagues and almost all those plagues, except for a couple, the ones where Moses brought, like, you know, where more frogs, we're going to, we're going to flood the city with frogs. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to flood it with this. We're going to flood it with that. His Pharaoh's magicians were doing the same thing. They could, they could bring in more things that were harmful. And then Moses did the plague where he turned, and I, I should look this up because he's either turned dirt into, into fleas or lice. He created life out of dirt. And his magicians said, this is the finger of God, because they could not create life. So 
if you're talking about creation, if we're talking about creation, and this is where I, this is where I, mm-hmm. I this is where I do I do this is where the leadership of of denominations of churches this this line of reasoning that this is the devil's lettuce doesn't line up at all because it's creation. And then if you go back to the Genesis account, Genesis account, he says it is all good. And he he, he yeah. I'm not saying he's talking Jesus is talking about the green plant, but when he mentions the green plant in Genesis before and after the flood the green plant is specifically pointed out. I can't say it's marijuana or not. I'm not 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 staking a claim on that. But creation, it's a part of creation. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah, so absolutely. Many... Go ahead, go ahead, Angie. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, I you know I agree. But in the same turn, when somebody says, "Well, cannabis is a plant, so it can't hurt you," <laughs> I'm going to correct oh. you there. I didn't say um, can't hurt. I didn't know, say can't I mean, hurt. <laughs> well, a lot of people do, yeah, you know, true. so Good you point. can't take, I mean, cocaine comes from a plant, heroin comes from a plant. Um, so again, it's, you know, using these brains that God gave us to figure out how, you know, whether it's cannabis or, you know, um, rhubarb, you know, how is it supposed to be used in our life and how should it not be used in our life? Um, and, you know, we could, you know, fall down, you know, the magic mushroom trail as far as that goes as well. You know, right. Think about the first, it, first guy. Mushroom. And, yeah. and, and that that's 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 on deck. I mean, you have in Canada and, you know, Canada, they're 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 pushing for psilocybin. There's there's a I believe Health Canada has, if I recall correctly, they've they've allowed veterans to use it to help with PTSD. And that stuff grows naturally, too. And this is where this is where I really liked. I like the way you had your introduction when you said, "You know what? I know cannabis isn't for everybody. It's not a cure all. It's it's not. It won't help everybody. Some people just doesn't doesn't agree with." And you recognize all that, and you have this perspective and this upbringing that you you came up with, and and you're willing to share it, and you're and you're and you've made it a point in your life to help people with it. It's pretty cool, Angie. It's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing. It's it's, 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 a, it's a lot. Yeah, and so, it makes me feel great. I mean, there's nothing better than, you know, helping somebody out, you know, that makes you feel good, you know, or at least giving them the tools to, they can help themselves, you know. I do. I know what you mean. I know a lot of people who say, yeah, I like, I like to, I like to make sure that people walk away with something that's good. Something that's going to help them. And that's cool. Absolutely. All right, Angie, we're gonna we're gonna close it out. Uh, is there anything you want to share with anybody? Like, just you, you got the, you got the you got the last word. I guess you want to call it. You know. Oh, yikes! Uh, <laughs> uh, just be good to each other. Um, honestly, it's not that hard. Um, you know, breathe. You know, just as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You know, do your thing. You know, make the world a better place you know, love each other. Um, just settle down. Things don't have to be so dramatic and so wound up all the time. At the end of the day, we're all humans. Um, we need to start treating each other that way. That's cool. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. And our special guest is Angie Roulet. She's the author of Pot for the People, coming out in November 2023. And she's an advocate for many people publicly and for and, and speaks at events. Are you national? You doing national events? 
Oh, I'm doing... working on it. All right. Nationals coming <laughs> Not up. Not yet, though. And she's out of the Detroit, Michigan area. <laughs> Angie Roulet, thank you very much for your time. Love you all. Thank you so